When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As many of you know, Underdog Fantasy has been one of our main sponsors for each of the last two football seasons. You can go over to Underdog Fantasy today and join the Gauntlet 2 for the NFL playoffs that locks at 4 p.m. on Saturday of Wild Card Weekend. I hosted Player Profiler today and brought on three very special guests that you will be hearing much, much more from over the course of the 2023 offseason and in-season. Alan Sislowski, Billy Muzio, and Theo Greminger, three very special guests three very close friends to player profiler they will all be working under the player profiler wing in 2023 alan and theo doing this on a truth dynasty podcast with matt kelly and billy muzio having a big role on player profiler in 2023 Over the course of the next 45 minutes, I will have each of these three guys come on during their own small segments, breaking down each and every game for Super Wildcard Weekend. Go over to Underdog Fantasy, join the Gauntlet 2. There's over a million dollars in prizes, and also join the Pick'ems on Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD for a deposit badge bonus up to $100. Good evening, and welcome to Player Profiler today with your boy, Cody Carpentier. This is not Jack Cavanaugh tonight. I'm filling in for him one last night. We've been filling in for him over the course of the last week, but tonight, it's Friday night. Wildcard Weekend is this weekend. We've had four shows today on the Player Profiler Radio Network, all talking about Wildcard Weekend because that's a, the main topic this week. And tonight, I have three very special guests that will be coming on in 20-minute segments, each discussing two games over the course of the next couple of days. But first, there's a couple things in the news today, um, and one being in the college front, and that's C.J. Stroud has yet to declare for the NFL draft. There's rumors that he has a fat check waiting for him to return to Ohio State, so we'll wait and see what happens with that. And in the NFL side, Raheem Mostert will be out uh, for the Miami Dolphins this weekend. Lamar Jackson tweeted that he will not be playing this weekend as well. If you are in the comment section throughout the show, I will pop up a few questions for the guys during the show, and I'll bring you on in uh, and, and ask those questions to the fellas. But let's get started tonight with our first guest, and that is Mr. Alan Seslowski. Pop him up right here on the screen. Alan, my man, how in the hell have you been? It's good to be with you, Jack. Jack. <laughs> You know, you know, what's funny is, is Matt was like, "Hey, you got a mustache?" I was like, "God, that's uh, <laughs> a pretty good idea to, to pop a little mustache action going on up in here." But wait a second, not- you sure? Are you sure you don't double as Jack, like Clark Kent and Superman? You sure that you're really like? I, I never heard of Jack before uh, th- this uh, thing going on right here. This show, like, you know, I mean, I, I'm very suspicious that there's really no Jack. Jack. J- <laughs> <laughs> Jack is awesome. Jack went for, I think, 120 some odd days consecutively player profile today, seven o'clock at night on the player profiler radio a network. He's a he machine. Is, he's an absolute machine and you're a machine and our next yeah. two guests are machines. And that's why I wanted to bring all three of you guys on today because all three of you 
are going to be pivotal parts to player profiler in 2023. Uh, you will be part of the Sonic Truth show going forward. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, cool. lawyers are still in negotiations, but you know, lawyers are, lawyers are still in negotiations. There might be another show floating around between you and the Podfather. We'll wait yeah. and see on that one as well, and let you guys announce that. But I wanted to have you on tonight to talk about. One of the teams that uh, right where you live, right down there in Duval County, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a rematch from back, I believe, in week four. Week, I think it was week three. Which was week three. three. Week, so week three. Week three, the Jaguars went all the way out to Los Angeles and upset the Chargers, and that's mm-hmm. really when it was like, hmm, maybe Jacksonville, maybe, maybe, maybe. Right. And then, of course, they finished the season hot, and they make it to the playoffs with the AFC South Championship. The Jaguars and the Chargers. The Chargers are favored by two and a half in this game, but there's no Mike Williams. What is your take on this game here, Alan? The Mike Williams thing is is a serious like problem. And if if they lose this game, the Chargers, and obviously it was it was reckless to play Mike Williams uh, last week when they didn't need him. Uh, I think this is they're not just playing to advance. Brandon Saley is playing for his job. Would you uh, think that that's a fair assessment? So it's it's funny you say that because during the propcast earlier this this uh this afternoon with Dario who who lives out in Los Angeles, he was like, "Dude, if they lose this game, do you, do you think Staley gets fired?" And I was like, "I mean, they can they can draw that line directly to him if it's like pretty obvious, like oh Mike would make a difference in this game. Like you'll know tomorrow when the game's happening. Okay, this is a you know we could have really used him, which I think it will. I think the Jacksonville is going to beat him, etc. But um, oh, you're Dar- all, you're you're all in. You're just I'm, Jacksonville's going to beat him. Like I yeah, I just got this weird feeling about Jacksonville. I, I'm pretty confident in them. Where I'm I'm just never confident in Chargers. But what Dario brought up, what I should say is, they lose tomorrow, and Staley's out. Why wouldn't Sean Payton come take that job and play with Justin Herbert? Yeah, I mean that's what Sean Payton's looking for, right? He's looking for he wants a good quarterback. And that's in, and obviously a good team, a chance to compete. I mean, they're in a, a tough division. Anytime you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, there's no you're you're always going to be the underdog to win that division. But it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You have Justin Herbert with seven teams making the playoffs. That is the Sean Payton spot. And now that we know that Sean McVay is coming back in Los Angeles as well, I mean, how fun would that stadium be, right? The Chargers might actually develop a little bit of a following. Um, but you know, you're talking about Mike Williams. And I was talking with, uh, you know, Rotowire has a machine just like Jack. We have Jim Coventry, right? A guy that just content, content, content. And he was telling me today that he believes that Donald Parham can play that role that Mike Williams, the downfield guy, he would, I mean, what is he about six, eight? He's, yeah. he's already scored a couple impressive plays. I mean, he, you know, his, the biggest thing with Donald Parham was that he can't stay healthy. He had a couple of them uh, touchdowns called back. So it's, you know, it's unlikely, but that seems might be the guy that that could make up that gap, not fully, but if Mike Williams is out, that's that secret weapon that you bring out there, and you're like, oh, hey, you got Dur- you got uh, the the Jacksonville defense can be exploited over the top. He, Donald Parham six eight, not a lot of guys can cover Donald Parham, but again, we just haven't seen it on a on a consistent basis from him uh, playing only over fifty percent snaps once, and that being in week eighteen. So I, I like Donald Parham. I liked him when he came out. It was that, that that freak injury that happened a couple of years ago. It was yeah. uh, very scary on his part. Do you have a do you have a do you have a pick for this game, 
Are you? Yeah, do I mean, it? I like the Jags with the two and a half. I was thinking about buying it up to three. Yeah, uh, yeah the, I mean, if you look back of how that that last game that was thirty-eight to ten Jags, you know, no Bosa in that game. I mean, he left early. That was the Justin Herbert. His ribs were were a little shaky. So that's what scares me is that you know it's Justin Herbert. I mean, you could you'll you might be able to clearly see that Justin Herbert is arrived as the top five quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence is not there. Yet is like you know the top eight. He just, he always looks a little shaky, and the Jags have a little bit of that. Um, we're just happy to be here vibe going with them. You know, like they were like celebrating when they won yeah. when they beat the Josh Jobs Titans last week. You know, like I would have been like, all right, I expected to win, so I'm a little worried about that. But I'm still taking the points here because it it's like a last possession game. You could easily see that whoever has the ball last and kicks that field goal to win. I like it. I like it. Let's move on to the next one. This one's a little. I guess less intriguing because of quarterback on one side. That is Lamar Jackson does not look like he's going to play going to play with his PCL injury. So we get a rematch from last week. I think it was 27, 16 Cincinnati against Baltimore. Um, Cincinnati comes in as eight and a half point favorites as of about 20 minutes ago on FanDuel Sportsbooks. Is Cincinnati just going to roll up in this one or, or what do you, what do you, what do you kind of think about this one? By the way, do you blame Lamar for not playing? No, I don't. Yeah. No. I mean, the team's not going to commit to him. I know that he wanted the godfather to Sean uh, Watson yeah. type of deal in the offseason, didn't give it to him. They offered him the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilson type of deal. So I, if, you know, I wouldn't, if anything, if I wasn't 100%, I wouldn't play either. So, but I, I think that the line, would you say it's about eight and a half? It wasn't at 10 at one point or close to it. I liked it a lot better then because all these like NFC North games are always like 16, 13 yep. or 10. Yep. I like the under. That's that's what I'm taking the 40 and a half under. That's the the number. If it's still right around yep. there, that's the number I like. But I, I mean, 85 percent of the bets, Cody, are on the re, on on uh, Cincinnati, and it's what about 80 percent of the money is on Cincinnati. So it, it seems like a, you you don't want to like take Tyler Huntley in the playoffs versus Joe Burrow. But if I was forced to make a pick here, usually you don't like to take the team unless you think that they can actually win the game. But I, I do like the points here. And that's the thing, like with Huntley, Huntley's even questionable. I like Huntley. Like, I think he's a pretty formidable backup as far as like fitting into that scheme. But if it's Anthony Brown, I mean, you, I'll, yeah, I rent, but I, I'll give you the farm. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you everything, right? Like, I, I, I don't think it's going to be very close with Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati, I have them 35 10 in our predictions yeah. that we sent out the other day on Twitter. So, Cincinnati, it- Baltimore, what's up? I would say, does the right side of the line being basically decimated for Cincinnati? Does that bother you at all? No, Alex Kappa. I mean, that. I mean, that wasn't the biggest Achilles heel of Cincinnati for last year and the year before was the offensive line. If that, it's not fortified, which it's not going to be in this game. That could be a problem. It's it's very interesting just to see it because it's like he, a couple of years ago, obviously when he got hurt. It was the number one thing. It's like we got to fix the offensive line. Then they went out and like spent the money on it. And it's like it's gotten better. And I think it's gotten better to a point where it's like it's it's fine. What worries me though is like those matchups against, you know, if they were to get to a San Francisco, if they were to mm-hmm. get to a Philadelphia, you know, if Buffalo obviously they've kind of pulled back a little bit as far as the the front seven goes, as far as rushing without Von Miller. But it's like if they could they're formidable. They're formidable. Like the, you talking about the Ravens D? No, the the Cincinnati oh, the, Bengals offense. Cincinnati, okay, yeah, because the Ravens D has been on fire since, yeah. especially since the Roquan trade. I mean, yeah. I, I'm saying is I think that this could be one of those uh, a typical AFC North game. So I do like. I think the Bengals are probably have the toughest road, but you could easily see them 
get, getting back to the Super Bowl again. But I and I do believe they will win this game. I just I'm not sure they're going to step on the gas. And, and, you know, there's always like one game that you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's this close. This could be that game, right, that nobody suspects. Uh, although I saw a lot of player profiler. I saw you guys ta- are pretty big on Seattle this week um, from on Instagram. I saw the, the predictions. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, let's see here. It looks like f- two of us are on Seattle, three on the Niners. Um, I mean, I can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it. So my, I actually was one of the guys that picked that Seattle game, and I, it's not that I like. I think they're actually going to win. It's more of like that's the upset that I would pick if something's going to happen. Like I think the Giants. Right. I think the Giants are pretty like obvious ones. Like oh yeah, my Minnesota's fluky. I understand that. I'm a Viking mm. fan. I'm not like blind to the team sucking um i don't think they suck but they're just overrated but seattle's like the one where i think you know it's a divisional game seattle always plays san fran tough i think that's one game that an, an upset could definitely happen in is that yep. seattle one uh can i give you a couple quick uh housekeeping notes promotional wise because you cody carpentier oh. will be on the rotowire podcast on tuesday which will yep. uh, drop tuesday afternoon and you're gonna uh go down the top 10 rookies for us that we should be drafting in our rookie drafts and i know that's going to change once landing spots happen but we do this podcast every year there's no better man you identified kenny pickett as the qb1 before that was when he was not even thought of maybe as a first rounder so uh anyone that wants to hear you count down the top 10 rookies and give some explanations should certainly do that and you mentioned um uh, we're doing the Dynasty Hour on SiriusXM. I'm going to be with Matt Kelly, Podfather. Yep. That's going to air this weekend, man. So that's on uh, Saturday tomorrow, and it's going to air at 5 to 7 p. and 9 to 11 p. And then again on Sunday at 1 to 3 p.m., 6 to 8 p.m., or anytime on the SiriusXM On Demand to search the Dynasty Hour, new Dynasty show. And I'm sure you'll be making appearances on that as well. That's on the On Demand channel, or is that is it on like, so, seven? So if you yeah it's on it's live on those times I just read off and then yeah. you can you it's right now but it's anytime on demand you can go there right okay. now on demand yeah. and listen to the Dynasty Hour the new show on SiriusXM with Podfathers there on one of the episodes beautiful that's good I'm gonna drop a little couple couple questions from the chat because the chat is a big topic for this show and we got to ask a couple questions see if anybody's got a question for Alan. Aaron says Jacksonville for the win. Uh, that was a little bit earlier. I, I think so too. I think I'm in, I'm in line with that. I think Alan. Alan, are you you identify as a Jaguars fan? Uh, I a non-binary Jack Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I'm a Jets fan, but you know when you live in the when you live in the city, you have to adapt the team. I believe that, right? I mean, you can't be in a city. So yeah, they're like my other team. And uh, you know, I um, down here, it's like it's it's almost like uh, July Fourth. It's like a at Christmas. It's a national holiday down here. So yeah, I mean, they're they're live to win this game. Love it. I love it. Robert, welcome in. Blake, welcome in. Appreciate you guys all jumping in here. Jennifer says Austin Eckler and Travis Etienne, two touchdowns each in this one. I mean, right? I mean, it, there's you can't say this is how each did. Well, you know what? Last time these teams played, Zay Jones had what 10 receptions. I mean, and I think even Christian Kirk had some a high yardage game. So I would think, and it was a very dink and dunk type of game. Yeah. I, you know, and that's probably what if the if the chargers st- if have bosa back and they're rushing uh, trevor lawrence you could see them so maybe uh etn but yeah i guess eckler's their best weapon so you're gonna have to do it etn's a tough one i, I could see the eckler two touchdowns but etn's gonna be a yeah that's no, gonna, not- gonna be tough to get there aaron stewart says uh ravens 75 points in their final six games second fewest ever by a team making the nfl playoffs in their final six games i'm with alan 
Take Aaron, me. my man. Yeah. Let's, let's mortgage our house payments on it, Aaron. I'm, I'm with you, buddy. Ship it. There it is. I love it. Alan, well, I appreciate you coming on. Like you said, I'm going to be on the Rotowire show with you on Tuesday morning as well. Is that going to be live? It's going to be live on the Rotowire YouTube page, and then we'll also be in the podcast feed for anyone. I mean, I know they have they get tons of Cody over here, but it's always a little different when you come over to Rotowire. We have just a different sort of vibe going on. So if you want to see Cody on there, which as I do, uh, Tuesday in the Rotowire podcast feed, you'll get to see all the Cody you want. There we go. So you can go follow Alan on Twitter at Alan Soslowski. You can find him on the SiriusXM channel. He's hosting the Dynasty Hour with Matt Kelly, the pod father. And you can also find him on the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast this spring upcoming. Alan, I really appreciate you coming on this evening and jumping on here with Player Profile today. I'll talk to you on Tuesday, brother. Anything for you, Cody. You know that. Talk to you later, man. Appreciate you. All right, we're going to bring off – we took down Allen, and we're about to bring up another man that is uh, the man in the high-stakes side of the game, and that is the OG, Theo Greminger. You can find him on Twitter at literally the OG Fantasy. Theo, my man, how have you how been you doing, doing tonight, Cody? I was, uh, I was stoked to uh, – this is my second time on Player Profiler today. Uh, Jack Cavanaugh looks a lot different tonight, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's great to be on here. I had a blast with, with Jack last time, and uh, this is just an awesome week, man. It's, I've been doing all these playoff contests. I know you are as well. Just getting ready to kind of sit back and, and enjoy the playoffs. We, we got a few extra minutes burned from that last segment that we kind of started a little bit early. I want to ask you a question about that. It's not on the show sheet, but I did build some playoff teams. When you're building these teams, are you, where are you playing a lot? Are you playing like on all the all the sites for the high stakes for the, the playoff challenges? So I'm – I'm doing the NFFC and the FFPC one. Uh, we had John Daigle on last night in the GOAT district. We, yep. we had him on last year. He's like uh, very in tune with the FFPC one. So I'm deep in the FFPC weeds. We, we had Chris Vaccaro of The Athletic on for the NFFC one. Yep. Um, so I'm splitting a couple of, of entries with with Dan Williamson. Um, and we have Chris in on one of them. So they're very different contests. And then I have the FFWC. I'm trying to cram a couple in. So I'm trying to trying to, to have uh, coverage in multiple formats. I, I don't go quite as as heavy volume. Um, I feel like playoff contests, it's it's more for it's it, I, I want to win some money, but it's not something that I want to go like crazy high volume in. you know what I mean? it's it's wild. 100%. I, I want to watch something. I want to have I want to I want to have something in to 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 pull towards. I think that's like the biggest thing for playoffs especially. And uh yeah, I just basically my question for this is who have you been? I know it's like some of them are drafting, some of them are you just building the lineup with a card uh given with whoever you want you can mix and match. Who are some of the most owned players or who who's who's kind of your favorite stack you're you're kind of trying to build around in these in these lineups? Well, so that was a question, you know, I've been talking, thinking about all week is, is, you know, roster percentage for, for these guys. Because last year we had the FFPC contest, which is probably the biggest one in terms of entries. Yeah. 200, it's $200 contest. Um, that one, Cooper Cup was 91% roster. Devontae Adams was 78. But most years you don't necessarily see a guy that exposed. And I think this year it's going to come down a little bit because – you you have in the AFC, I think it's people have kind of think, thinking about three teams that can make the Super Bowl. Whereas last year, I think people were really tuned in on on Buffalo and Kansas City. I think this year Cincinnati's getting a lot of love. I know, especially among high stakes players. Uh the NFC, you know, you have 
Philly and San Francisco, I think most people are on them. Yeah. But I don't see a, a single player being like so highly rostered. Uh, so it's going to be interesting this year. I think it's it's for me. I think in the tight end premium ones, Travis Kelsey is going to see a lot of love. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was one where I think he's going to be rostered by a lot of people, and I think it's not necessarily the wrong move because you could potentially get four games out of him, and he's got a couple of good matchups, and it's it's McCaffrey in the playoffs. The guy could just rip off a couple of big, huge scores. And then we all think Justin Jefferson, even though there's a chance he only plays one game um, or two games, I think people are going to be full-on chalk for him. It's really hard to leave that kind of a player on, on the table and, and get, like, cute and contrarian uh, and leave Justin Jefferson out of your lineup and go up against all these people with Jefferson. So in the FFWC, uh, the Maui Invitational is one where you only have to start one running back. And talking about getting cute, this is a player that we actually had on our team, the, the, the OG and CC team for the FFWC during the year, Isaiah Pacheco. I know you're going to have a bye this week with Isaiah Pacheco, but how do you, what do you feel about Isaiah Pacheco in these, in these playoff tournaments? Well, I feel like he's a really nice tilt because I think that people are going to be so on Mahomes and, and Kelsey. FFWC is a little different format because there's multiple players drafted. Mm-hmm. I think also because uh, McKinnon a lot is going to get a lot of love um, that I think Pacheco could be a nice pivot. The problem is a lot of these running backs that are that are appealing don't have the longevity. So I heard you and, you and Alan talking before. I mean, Eckler and Etienne could go off uh, in game one. And we really don't like the chances of either one of them in, in week two. Uh, it's hard to use in certain contests. It's hard to use Joe Mixon because, you know, you want exposure to those other other Bengals. So I don't know. I think there's there's some appeal to Pacheco. Uh, you know, they, they're going to have opportunities to run the ball uh, that week off. There could be a little self-scouting. You have to like Kansas City in that game against potentially Jacksonville, um, you know, being able to, to run the ball a lot in the second half. So it could be a Pacheco environment. You know I love Pacheco. I mean, we were on that train all summer, Cody. I mean, we were drafting him and and getting in there when when people were trying to add him in waivers. You know, he's already rostered with us. And 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 when people were like, "No, that's not the answer." We just stuck with it, grinded nose to the grindstone, stayed with the Pacheco. Kind of my thought behind that was like you remember of years past. Every year there's a running back that kind of like doesn't really cement himself in the playoffs, I guess, but he, he becomes something in the playoffs. Like we saw with playoff Lenny, someone why I'm attacking Pacheco is because like someone on a great team, we think that, I mean, the chiefs have hosted the AFC championship for four years in a row, five years in a row, whatever it may be. This will be another year if they can get there. Um, it's like, he's going to last. And if they do decide to run the ball, I think I just, that's the one guy, I guess James Cook is another interesting one there too, but uh, Pacheco, James Cook, Rashad white. If you had throw this question out there, one of those guys, who would you take to be like the breakout running back of the playoffs this year? I think that's a, that's a really great way of looking at things. And I think that, you know, we like to look at ADP, early ADP this time of year. And one of the biggest drivers is, and it's not necessarily the best process, mm-hmm. um, but one of the biggest drivers is is playoff success. You think of Gabe Davis, you think yep. Of, yep. of DK Metcalf, his rookie year, having that breakout game um, against, I believe that was Philadelphia, where he just went nuts. Um, so a lot of guys just kind of make their stamp. I think that you're onto something with those three Gosh, it's that's it's really tough. Um, to me, it's probably James Cook mm-hmm. because I think that 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 he is going to have some opportunities uh, in the playoffs, and I don't think that the Bucks we're going to get to that game uh, soon. I think even if the Bucks win one game, uh, I think you know Rashad White, 
might only play one, and he's also going to split carries with Fournette. I think Cook could Cook could really have some opportunities, especially if we think they're going to be blowing out Miami in the second half. Uh, Cook might really reel off a couple of big plays, and I think at the end of the day, uh, that Cincinnati game, they're going to need need Cook to do some things because that's a difficult game for uh, for Buffalo if they do get through. Let's keep on talking about James Cook then. Let's talk about this game that is on the slate for us. That's the Miami Dolphins traveling up to Buffalo. Buffalo's favored by 13.5 per fan duel with a total of 43.5 up there in Buffalo. They've played twice this year. Miami won 21-19 back in Week 3, and then Buffalo won 32-29 in Week 15. That game I thought was going to be a blowout as well back in Week 15, but Tua played in both of those games. Tua's not going to be there this week. Skyler Thompson looks like he's going to be the one getting the start. Um, is there any way? I don't think so. Is there any way that the Miami hangs around this one, or are you just riding Buffalo all the way? I think you're riding Buffalo all the way. Um, you know, you, you had like the iconic moment where where Josh Allen's driving in the snow to win that game. It was it was amazing, and then you had it was kind of like the okay, Mike McDaniel is for real because he they they beat they beat Baltimore in that shootout. And then they, they beat uh, Buffalo in like a 22-19 game. Uh, I believe that was back in like week four. So both games were super, super tight and Tua played great. But I don't know. It just kind of kind of it's the only argument is, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times, but they're a shell of themselves right now. Uh, I mean, if you watch that that Jets-Dolphins game, I mean, Skylar Thompson's very limited. That defense is going to be pinning their ears back. They had such an emotional release. Uh, yeah. with DeMar Hamlin, you know, DeMar Hamlin injury for him to come back and for them to do what they did against New England. I just think they're going to they're going to unload on Miami this week. I think it could get really ugly. That's the one. So you say, did you watch the Miami game? No, I tried not to watch that Miami game last week because uh, I had the, the Ty- I took the Tyreek Hill prop of like 67 and a half receiving yards or something. I was like, well, I mean, 67 and a half and it's Tyreek Hill. I don't care who the quarterback is. Like if you get the ball to him, he's going to get 67 yards. I, I didn't think there was really like. 23 yards yeah it's, 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 <laughs> it's just like they can't do anything i mean i think that we were mcdaniel's gonna pull out his bag of tricks i mean you're gonna see all kinds of interesting you know interesting attempts to get the balls in in hill and waddle's hands but i just think it's it's tough for me not to see buffalo winning this game by two touchdowns and i know funny things happen in the playoffs but it just seems like all the momentum's on buffalo's side Miami was so hopeful to get back to uh, uh and it's just not happening. You 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 hear Tyreek uh had a had a quote about how he's never been an underdog in the playoffs and this is this is like a new new thing for him and they have a chip on their shoulder. I mean they're saying the right things, but Miami like they've been hit trending down for a while and they were fortunate to make the playoffs and I just think it's it's all Buffalo right here. Man, poor poor Tyreek, man. Everything uh, everything's looking good, and then it's uh, you don't you don't get the buy, and you really start to feel what it's like to not be playing with Patrick Mahomes. Do you have a score for this game? I put it at forty one to six. Dario said that was too much. I should have gave Miami a little more leeway. He said thirty one ten. I don't think Miami scores a touchdown in this game. Quite frankly, with Skylar Thompson. So I think it's going to be like thirty five nine. I think it's going to be right there. Maybe they get a touchdown. Maybe it's like thirty five fourteen. But I do think it's a it's a boat race. I think that we saw, you know, we saw that TCU game against Georgia. Yeah. Oh, baby. This could be the NFL. This could be the NFL version of that this weekend. 
that that would not surprise me whatsoever. Let's move on to the Monday night game. I don't quite understand. I get it. Okay, I talked about this earlier. I don't quite understand why there's a Monday night football, football game. I get it from a NFL standpoint, right? Hella money, hella ratings. Everyone loves Monday night football, but I, I, it just seems like an unfair thing uh, f- for you know, like Seattle San Francisco playing Saturday afternoon. We got to wait till s- Monday night. It's like just whatever. But Dallas at Tampa on Monday night, Dallas is favored by two and a half. You look back to week one, 19 to three, Tampa won that game. And that was the last time really the Tampa looked like the dominating Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers that uh, we were accustomed to the last few years. Um, You know, which side are you on here? This seems like, you know, as the years went on, it's been pretty like, Oh, Dallas is Dallas is looking like a legit team. And for some reason, as we enter, right, it's a two and a half point favorite for Dallas. It seems like, People are starting to think that, hey, it's Tom. Don't forget, it's Tom. Where are you at with this one? Well, I I was actually surprised by how many people are on Tampa Bay right now. Um, You know, we've had, had like, you know, all all week long I've been talking to people about this game, and there's a lot more people on on Tampa. I know that in some some sports books, uh, Tampa has gone to, you know, they're getting the majority of the bets are coming in on, on the home dog. Uh, to me, I do think it's going to be Dallas. I think Tampa Bay is, is a shell of themselves. Uh, um, I mean, there's a couple of things you can kind of talk yourself into. Uh, Dallas has been, been giving up their fair amount um, to wide receivers recently. Tampa Bay has everybody healthy. Like you said, you know, we saw some signs of, of life with, with Mike Evans late in the year that maybe, you know, Tom can have a vintage Tom game and hit him over the top a couple of times. Maybe Godwin can eat underneath. But to me, I, I really like I really like Dallas in this game. I'm, I'm, I think that Dallas, there's a lot of positives there. Um, you know that Tampa Bay offensive line ha- has been an issue all year long. Dallas is top five in the league in interceptions. They're top five in the league in in sacks. Uh, I think that they're they're going to have an opportunity to, to turn over Tampa Bay. You also have to look at just you know we talk about that 19 to three game. It, it feels like a year ago, a year and a half ago at this point. Uh, Dallas is, is a different team. Um, I think that the it was just a, it was amazing what how Cooper Cooper Rush was able to kind of keep him afloat. Um, you know, when, when Dak was out, they go from 19 to three and then they win week two in Cincinnati uh, with Rush. And I think that they, they were they've just been getting better. Um, Michael Gallup will be there. They didn't have Gallup. Um, and obviously the, the biggest difference is is Tony Pollard. I mean, Pollard, what we've seen him do over the course of the season where he's we all know he could play. It was kind of like the joke this past summer about how like how good Pollard is, but he's not going to get the opportunity. Um, you know, hat tip to, to Mike McCarthy and, and the Cowboys. They've they've kept him a big part of the offense despite Zeke being back. And I think that, you know, running up the gut against Tampa Bay is not is not the way to beat them. But I think you're going to see Pollard, you know, get into the outside, used in the passing game. They'll use that weapon. And also you have the fact that Tampa Bay struggles against the slot. And I think they're going to use CeeDee Lamb in the slot. Uh, and really take advantage of them. If you recall back to week one, they tried to go to Lamb a lot, um, and Tampa Bay really shut him down. I don't see that happening twice in the year. Uh, I, you think about, like, the the Greg Dortch game, how Greg Dortch had 10 catches, um, and he's yeah. living there in the slot. So, I don't know. I think that the people are getting a little cute here. I realize it's a home team. The Bucks had a, had a winning record at home this year. And respect to the GOAT, um, you know, we've seen him win a lot of games like this. But at the end of the day, I'm rolling with Dallas. I think Dallas wins. I, I think Dallas wins by about eight. I said 29 to 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they're going to be in control of the game, and, and I think they're going to get the dub. 
So Matt is the only one. We had uh, five of us make picks, me, Dario, Aaron, uh, the pod father, and Jason. And Matt was the only one. He said 34-17 Cowboys. Everybody else picked the Bucks in this game. Uh, kind of surprising, I guess. I said 34-30. After writing that out and reading it myself, I said, yeah, I don't know about 34-30. That's kind of a lot of points for both these teams put together. But like you mentioned, Dallas, uh, the one thing I think that's going underlooked is you, you mentioned Pollard, you mentioned Gallup. T.Y. Hilton, um, you know, he seems to have a little bit of juice. And it only takes one ball. It only takes one 47, 55-yard catch to really elevate an entire team. You know, <clears throat> you go deep once in the middle of the first quarter, late first quarter, and you can completely, like, flip or end the game if it's 7-10-0 already and you go deep. You, like, it's complete mojo type of deal there. Uh, the other one is Dan Quinn. I was listening to the Athletic Pod this morning when they did the NFC previews, and – Talking about Dan Quinn being like a, a Parcells disciple and keeping things in his back pocket and kind of how he was using Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons coming down the stretch and uh, putting Parsons in like a certain spot, uh, lining him up on one side or in one specific spot a ton of times in a row so that the, the opposing team's like, oh, yeah, we know where, we know where Micah's going to be. He's always going to be on the right side. He's always going to be right there. He's always going to be right there. And then all of a sudden you come into the playoff game and, and maybe he's going to be everywhere like I think that's one thing that goes underrated is just like the Dallas defense and Dan Quinn as an overall defensive coordinator. Um, I put 34, 30 Tampa. I, I honestly have been leaning more towards Dallas. I just, I guess it's just like a, 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 a too much respect. Muscle, for Tom. Muscle memory for you, Cody muscle. Yeah. Too much, too much. Yeah. Sure. A short, a short, uh, you know, short line with Tom Brady at home. And also, you know, Dak's been, you know, less efficient on the road. I mean, yeah. there's plenty to – there's Mike McCarthy's playoff record. There's plenty of ways to talk yourself into Tampa Bay here. Um, I just think that it's – I think that it's Dallas. And I think Dallas does have a chance to win two games in this playoffs and and, and look good. Uh, but this one is huge, and I think it's Dallas. I just – I really do. And I, and I don't think it's going to come down to a field goal. I think they're going to be in control of this game. They should be. They should be. That's the thing is they, they that's the team that, you know, we saw a few weeks back that, that beat the breaks off the Colts and beat the Giants and beat the breaks off the Vikings. Like that's the team that we're expecting to see now, not the team that narrowly beat Houston, lost to Jacksonville and then lost to Washington last week. So um, I, I do think there's, you know, it depends really what Dallas team shows up is really what's going to be the answer as, as much things do. Uh, Jennifer says James Cook, very spicy. She loves it. Uh, do you do you much in the prop game? Aaron wants to know if you got a favorite prop for this weekend. You know, Aaron, I I don't. I'm, I'm I haven't really looked at it. I'll probably look at something on on Sunday, but I I think I'm going to be on on CD Lamb overs. I think CD Lamb is going to have a nice game. Um, I think that there's a couple of of props in that in that Vikings Giants game. Um, I think that the TJ Hawkinson props are interesting because the Giants have been burned uh, by the tight end position, and also Hawkinson had that terrific game uh, in Week 16. Uh, which was his, you know, best game as a, as a Viking. Um, and then I also think that the the wide receiver props for for the Giants are worth looking at. Uh, Daniel Jones carved him up. He had, uh, I believe it was like 330 passing yards right around there. Um, I think the Richie James props are interesting because uh, I think that uh, he, he's been a target hound. And if the game's projecting to be an over environment, uh, I think that Richie James could be interesting. I love it. That's uh, I took I took a Slayton I took Slayton over fifty one and a half in that game because he went for seventy nine back a couple weeks ago. Uh, shout out to Adam Sullivan joining as a new member. Scott Atkins, shout out to you as well. Great show, fellas. If the Vikes and Niners advance, how do you think they match up? Well, the Niners are my are my Super Bowl uh, super actually my Super Bowl champion. 
I think the Niners are going to win the entire thing. So I, I like San Francisco if it gets to it. Uh, the the one thing about the Vikings is they've they've won so many close games. I know it's like kind of like a detriment to them where they you know people look at that like a, as a negative, but I guess you could take the glass half full. Is they know how to win close games. They've done it. I think eleven of their eleven of their wins were were like single digits um, within a possession type wins. So I think that's the one thing that comes down to it. I think Minnesota could be feeling good, but at the end of the day, I just think San Francisco is is just a juggernaut, and I think they'll give them problems. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that Vikings Giants game is a is a is a coin flip to begin with. So that game might not happen, but I would lean San Francisco pretty heavily there. Like it. Robert says Brady and Tampa could upset Dallas loves to shit the bed. Of course they do. Mike McCarthy does too, but not this year. Winner of that game, which is Dallas and Tampa wins the next game too. say it, Theo. (laughs) Uh, I've seen that one too. I think that would be interesting. I I think that there's, we've seen Dallas have success against Philadelphia. um, And you know, you, if it's, if it's Tom Brady in in a one game situation, I just think that, Philly's going to be difficult to beat. Um, it's going to be cold. The, the stadium's going to be lit, uh, giving them the week of rest. Um, you know, they. I think it'll be a popular upset, but I think I, I would still lean in Philly. And, and shout out to man, my man Coop. Um, Coop, I hope you're breaking down these uh, these tight ends for this 2023 class. I know you're watching probably a little Michael Mayer Mayer tape tonight. Love it. I love it. Senior football, the dogs, Cody and Theo to start the weekend. Cheers. Appreciate you guys in the chat as well. We got to give a shout out to Theo. Theo jumping on here. You can find him on Twitter at the OG Fantasy on Twitter. You can find him in the Goat District every single week, and you can find him more and more on Player Profiler in 2023 as he'll be joining the team. You can kind of catch a trend here. Alan will be on the Sonic Truth Pod. He's doing another show with Matt on SiriusXM, and Theo is going to be writing. He's going to be doing pods. He's going to have his hand in a lot of things at Player Profiler in 2023. Theo. Uh, you can go find him on Twitter at the OG Fantasy. Do you have any other things you want to plug before you get on out of here? No, thanks for having me on. I always love talking shop with you. Um, you know, we got to get into this 2023 class soon. Um, but yeah, man, just enjoy the playoffs. I know, I know, um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun weekend for everybody. It's great to kind of kick back, um, you know, and, and get away from the high stress of the fantasy season. And just this is why we watch the game. So I'm really excited. Um, and again, thanks for having me on, man. I'll talk to you soon. Most definitely appreciate you, Theo. All right, now we're going to bring on our next guest. It is another another person that is going to be joining Player Profiler, but we'll give him one more minute. I got to announce a winner of a little giveaway I did on Twitter. Um, I was drafting some teams, or, or I guess building some teams on the FFWC for the Maui Invitational, and I have 12 teams. I picked 10 of them, and I was giving away two rosters that uh, uh, for somebody to build with me. And the winner for that is Hillard Newsom, uh, Death Dealers on Twitter. So shout out to you as well. I'll DM you, and uh, we'll draft those two teams together before the weekend starts tomorrow. Uh, but I'm going to bring on the next guest, and that is the one, the only, that is the Billy Muzio. <laughs> Billy, my man, how the Let's hell go. are you doing? I'm doing good, Cody. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. Thanks for having me on. Most definitely. It's Friday. We're relaxing. I said, hey, man, I got to have you on to come talk about you know the team that's in the background of all your your videos, the San Francisco 49ers. That's right. Uh, what, what's, the, what's the feel up there at Ninerland? Uh, I mean – we're expecting to win this game, but Seahawks have always been tough versus the Niners. Uh, this was the first year since 2011 that we swept them in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going 13-4 definitely helps 
doing that. Um, I, I, I have the Niners as clear favorites here. I mean, even even Pete Carroll has been saying that, uh, you know, it, the Niners are a juggernaut right now and they're healthy. That's that's the key is, is we're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've won 10 straight since the Christian McCaffrey trade. Uh, and people, people mock that. If people remember back when that trade happened, you know, they gave up quite a bit. The second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, like they gave up, they gave up the farm for Christian McCaffrey. But I don't think there's any debating uh, his importance to this team and the amount of success that they've had with him in the running back um, position now. Uh, And then you look at Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's been amazing. I mean, if you, you see my 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 thing on Discord, it says Brock Purdy goat. I mean, he's been he's <laughs> been he's been amazing. And all jokes aside, uh, he's had an amazing rookie year. We, we we can if you want me to just dive into stats right now, I can. Or I, I don't know. Are, are we are we just gonna roll with it? Or let's just roll with it, man. That's, <laughs> that's what this show is built around. It's player profile today. We're just gonna roll with it. We'll talk about the game. We're we're talking about the game. So just keep going. Yeah, I mean, Purdy's been amazing. I mean, he actually has the best ever rookie passer rating, 107.3. It's the best in history. Uh, 50 or more attempts, of course. I was going to say, what's the qualifier here? Yeah, 50 or more attempts. So, But it, it is the best... And he's, you know, he's undefeated currently still. He has the third longest streak in undefeated record, only behind Ben Roethlisberger, and I forget the other guy's name from, like, the 70s. Um, but he's ben, also, won, ben won the chip that year, right? Yeah, they, I, think they, I think they won 13 games that year. Um, he's also all-time. He's the all-time best in passer rating index, which adjusts for players like ERA. Like he beat up Dan Marino by three points. That's, that's how good he is. He's also been first in adjusted yards per attempt. He beat Roethlisberger also from that same year, right? He's second only to Deshaun Watson in touchdown rate in his rookie season. Watson 9.3 versus his 7.6. And Dan Marino checks in a distant third at 6.8. I mean, you look at Purdy and what he's been able to do in this offense. And a lot of people say, oh, it's a system. Okay, well, he's running the system better than Jimmy Garoppolo was, in my opinion. He's doing it better than Lance did. Lance looked like he wasn't able to run the system at times. Yeah. Um, he's, he is, he's got great footwork for, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, who's now Mr. Im, you know, impossible to beat. Right. And he's getting through his progressions. He's extending plays. I'm going to say it now he's the starter next year. Okay. So I was going to come to that question, but my first one has to be, you know, obviously they talk about, they've talked about since Matt Ryan was there, you know, or, uh, since Shanahan mm-hmm. was with Matt Ryan and all over everywhere. They always said the Shanahan system, if you can get it down, you're going to be great, but it takes a while to get it down. Well, it took this dude, it didn't even take him a full year yep. as the last pick in the draft. And then I hear guys saying that he's not going to win rookie of the year because he didn't play more than half a season. Um, or he's not going to win the rookie of the year. If he, or if he's doing what he, exactly what he's doing now, but he was the number two pick overall, it would be justified like, oh, yeah, we knew he was number two and he's doing this on this great team. Yeah, he's going to be the rookie of the year. Why the, why why does either of those things even matter? Why wouldn't it be like he's Mr. Relevant and he's a dog? Why is he not like automatically thought of as the rookie of the year? I think he's third as the betting favorite right now for rookie of the year. Uh, in my opinion, he should be probably number two. Uh, Garrett Wilson's had a pretty amazing rookie year as well. It's going to be 100%, you know, but- hard, hard to compete with that, but I, I – I think his name's definitely in the discussion. I I wouldn't say he's worse than the second best at rookie of the year in my opinion. But but the, here's the, here's my here's my question. Like I know he's in the discussion. What I'm saying is like if there's if people are saying that you know if he was number five overall he'd probably be like the the hands down winner. But he's the 256th pick overall and he's doing this. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. I that mean, that's the definition of being the rookie of the year. The dude came out of nowhere to to be, you know. Even I know Garrett Wilson. We expected that out of Garrett Wilson. We expected yeah. it out of Chris Olave, right? We didn't like, like we expected these things out of Kenneth. All these other guys. It's like Tariq Tariq Woolen, like obviously fifth round guy doing more things. Brock Purdy, seventh round guy. Like that's why I think he deserves a little more. He's getting a lot of respect, but I think he should. I, I think it's. I don't even think it's a question. He should win the the rookie of the year because of the situation he was dealt with. Yeah, and I mean, they haven't lost with him. He's continuing to to get it done. And if he leads them into the Super Bowl, it's going to be very hard to replace him next year or try to have him compete with Trey Lance. They'll probably have an open competition. Don't get me wrong, but I think that it's his job to lose if they get to the Super Bowl. And although they they spent a lot of draft capital on 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 Lance, um. It's you know it's not out of the question for them to use them like Taysom Hill honestly is what I've been kind of going back and forth in my head like how are they going to what, what are they going to do with them right last question and then we'll talk about the, the the line and the game itself if Purdy wins the Super Bowl or goes to the Super Bowl yep. whose plans does it throw a bigger wrench into Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers um probably I'm going to say probably probably Aaron Rodgers. You know, coming from the Bay. I mean, both from the Bay, technically. But yeah, I, 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 I'm expecting to see Tom Brady land in in uh, Vegas. Quite frankly, he's going to reunite with McDaniel's. Yeah. You know, they have the history together. Uh, they actually have you know a a wide receiver who may return if Brady shows back up. Right. Um, we'll see how that that situation plays. But I think that as of right now, my my if I had to place a bet, that's where I'd be betting on Brady landing. I like it, and I, and I really did think like. You know, two weeks ago, I would have said 100% Brady Rogers. I think a lot of people thought this too. Brady Rogers, Vegas, San Fran, whichever direction, it doesn't really matter. Both they're both going. They're both going to be out west. And now it's like Purdy's like, hey, hey, guess what? And Lance is still like, there's a lot of moving parts there. But let's talk about this physical game that's going to be happening tomorrow at 4:31 Eastern Time. That is in San Francisco. San Francisco is favored by nine and a half per FanDuel Sportsbook. You can find that uh, over at FanDuel. Uh, you can go to our top offers page on playerprofile.com forward slash sportsbooks, and you can find your best offers for FanDuel in your area. The over-under is 42.5 in this game, and like you said, San Fran has beaten Seattle both times this year, 27-7 at home, and later in the year, week 15, 21-13 in Seattle in a night game. Where are you leaning in this game? You said San Francisco. Do you got a score, and uh, is there a chance that Seattle wins this one? I mean... There's always a chance the NFL, but I'm going to say it's they're they're big underdogs, right? We see it in the spread nine and a half. I I don't think that Seahawks are going to win. I mean, they may cover. Um, I the line nine and a half to me, I still like it. I still take Niners at at minus nine and a half. Um, but anytime you see almost double digit spreads, especially in playoffs, it's 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 hard to hard to bet on in, in my opinion. I don't I don't I don't like the huge spread. Um, but I, I do think Niners win. I, I I think it's probably going to be you know a ten point game, fourteen point game, r- r- somewhere in there. Uh, I think that um, it's going to come down to the running game, the tight end. So I think that we're going to see a lot of Christian McCaffrey. We're going to see a a lot of George Kittle because Seattle's very tough in the secondary versus wide receivers. They were second best in the NFL this 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 last year, um, where they are you know bottom two uh, versus tight end position, and they're bottom twelve versus the running back position. Uh, middle of the pack versus quarterback, so Purdy's going to have to just keep doing what he's been doing. And I think that if he's able to rely on Christian McCaffrey uh, in the running game and then you know be able to utilize George Kittle, I think they can secure this win. 
And that's exactly where I'm leaning to. Like I, I took a prop I talked about earlier on the PropCast Happy Hour, and that is leaning directly into the run game. They got back Elijah Mitchell, 5 for 55 and two touchdowns uh, last week. I think Elijah Mitchell's really a, 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 a defining kind of piece to this team. And it's like, well, they got Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, but you remember who Elijah Mitchell is. He, you know, He's yeah. a guy that can he can rush for 1,000 yards year in and year out if he's the number one running back in any given in, in any given team. And you can see how they can dominate teams on the ground. Uh, and they've done it in year out, year in and year out. Last year against the, the Cowboys in the wild card round, they had 169 yards on the ground. You remember what they did against Green Bay a few years ago. Um, I really think they lean into the run game in this one. Um, I took Seattle as my pick uh, in our picks for the week, 2013, and that was only because I talked about this just a minute ago with uh, Theo, and that is not because I really think they're going to win. It's because I think that's the one game everyone knows the Giants are like not, they're underdogs, but they're I think the Giants are a good good bet to be an upset team this week. Seattle's yeah. a team that I think could upset San Fran just because of how tough they play, and it's a divisional game. I really think that there's a chance if if you know for a for an upset in that one, but I, I my my gut actually says San Francisco. Yeah, when you say there's a chance, it's like dumb and dumber. You saying there's a chance? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty clear. You know, I know we have the top teams with with Mahomes and Allen and, and uh, Philadelphia, but it's like San Francisco's got a. If they had any other any other quarterback, they'd be getting even more respect, and it wouldn't even be close. This is a, this is a a complete team, almost as as much as you can get, other than. You know, yep. The, maybe depth at cornerback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Secondary. Secondary Char- has some 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 issues. Charvarius is a very good very good number one cornerback. So I think yep. they're going to be uh, a okay there. Let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants game we just mentioned a little bit. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are hosting the New York Giants. They're favored by three at home in this one. They just played uh, a few weeks ago, and Minnesota edged that one out. One of their eleven one score wins on the season an, an, an unreal number 27 24 back in week 16 as a viking fan i'm a homer i took the homer pick i went with the vikings 31 13 i don't actually think it's I, I don't actually think they're gonna dust them like that but it's a that's my homer pick of the week and um do you i know that they're overrated but do you like are you worried at all as a san fran fan of a minnesota or new york giants football team um, I'd be more concerned with Minnesota. I, I think that the Giants have the ability to upset, but I don't think they'll make a deep push into playoffs. Yeah. It's it's you know it's it's a possibility they win this week because they've been having you know some pretty close games and and been playing tough throughout the time. They just don't have the de- the wide receiver core to do it. They don't have the depth to really. I think make a deep push, but I, I do think that they've been a much improved team. Dable probably deserves Coach of the Year in my opinion um, from what he's done, been able to do with this team and turn them around as quick as he did. Uh, they do get Adoree Jackson back this game, so that's going to be um, a nice a nice bit of insurance policy for them. Um, I think they're going to have to probably going to have to stop Justin Jefferson to get it done because um, they're you know 19th first the running back they're 12th first the t- uh, tight end um, and they're about middle of the pack versus the um, wide receiver so if they can stop Jefferson I think they have a chance here um, it's going to break down to to that I think that's like the big thing you know in the playoffs you know the stars come out to play the defense is the defense kind of takes it the next the next step up but if you can really take away a team's number one weapon kind of yeah. like you know you look at the vikings you're like well it's clearly jefferson right but they do have cook they have a running game which is nice but can they shift to that if their game plan is to go in there and completely focus on jefferson and it's 
it's stymied. And Wink Martindale's like, hey, guess what? You know, he's got this great defensive plan. You could really see a one set of game, I think, for the for the Giants. I think the Giants personally are a year early. I think this is a good team, but again, like the depth at wide receivers killing them. Uh getting Dory Jackson back could be a big piece to slowing down Justin Jefferson. Is he a hundred percent? I don't know. Um my gut in this one tells me the Giants. I'm picking the Vikings because I'm a homer, but um, th- the three points that tells me what it's, it's it's about. It's about even here. It's about a toss up in Vegas. Yeah, the thing with about it though is, is it's why I'm leading Minnesota more so is that their weakness is against wide receivers. They give the second most points to the receiving position all year. But you look at the Giants' receiving course, and it's just it's it's there's nothing. There's no there's no one really to be afraid of, right? It's 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 kind of gross actually. So I'm. I'm not, you know, afraid of these Giants receivers, and I think that they're going to be able to stop the tight, and they're going to, be able to stop their running back, um, and then from there, that's that's all they really have to worry about is making Daniel Jones throw the ball. So, might be, you know, a good a good. I haven't seen the Daniel Jones prop line for rushing yards, but I'm curious to see what it is because he's probably going to, have to extend plays quite a bit. I think I was looking on underdog, and I took a slate. I took the slate and fifty one and a half um, receiving number. Yeah, uh, I took that over. He hasn't hit that number in like he's hit it once the last six weeks. And that one game was against the Vikings. I really liked it back then. I like it more now because obviously the matchup with Patrick Peterson as far as speeds goes, thirty nine and a half for Daniel Jones on the rushing line. Um, I, I kind of like it actually. I, I was gonna say I kind of really like that actually for him with the yeah. It's minus one twenty, so it's it's did, it's yeah. It may not be worth the squeeze, but I think I think I, I definitely like the line. You take it on underdog where there's no uh, – so everything's even juice. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so I, I, I think that will be a good game. It probably should be should be one of the better games of the week. Um, that that both, of the, both the Seattle game and the Minnesota game should be good. Um, Billy, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you're going to be much more indulged uh, – I word that wrong. The chat's <laughs> going to be much more indulged in Billy Muzio uh, come March and, and through the course of 2023 as he joins the team. Again, we talked to Alan earlier. He's going to be on the, the uh, Sonic Truth Dynasty show. Uh, Theo Greminger is going to be on the Sonic Truth Dynasty show. He's going to be writing articles. He's going to be doing much more shows. And Billy is going to be joining us in March as a pivotal, pivotal point, part of Player Profiler. Billy, I appreciate you coming on. You can go find him on Twitter at FF Muzio. You can find a lot of his stuff on Twitter over there. He is a top – what do you finish at? Fourth this year? So back-to-back top five finishes? Yeah, I was number one in draft rankings in 2021, and then uh, in weekly rankings I finished fourth. I dropped two spots the final week. Kind of kind of upset me, but it is what it is. <laughs> you were number one in draft rankings this year. I think you said 2021, but you, you meant to say this year, right? Well, it's 2021. They release them going into 2022 because they gotcha. we don't have the 2022 – finalized rankings yet uh i was looking at i think i did well again this year like i was high on mckinnon and i was high on um i think i was like minus or as plus 40 something on mckinnon i was like minus 50 something on uh on a couple of the players who just completely bombed so there's there's a i think there's a good chance i'm i'm in the top 10 at least in in uh, redraft rankings again love it awesome let me see if we got any more questions from the chat for you billy uh jennifer says so purdy's a hold not a sell in dynasty billy I, it depends on the cost, right? 
in my opinion, everybody has a price. And yep. and if you're able to get, you know, an arm and a leg for Brock Purdy, I, I would take that that offer. And then especially if you're in like a rebuild, like if, if you are um, middle of the pack um, and you're just getting mediocre offers, I'd probably pass. But if you're able to get an arm and a leg, I'd go for it. I love it. I love it. I got one more question for you, and then let's get out of here. Are you doing any playoff uh, challenges or tournaments where you're building lineups? Yeah, I'll have about uh, – 10 of the FFWC uh, playoff draft championships. I got about um, 10 or 15 Maui Madnesses. And then um, um, I got a couple other, some of the sides. I got like, some FFPC playoff challenges. And then I got a couple underdog ones as well. I asked, uh, you know me, I I'm have, a drafter, man. <laughs> I know. I asked, I asked Theo the same question, trying to, trying to see if he's got any sleepers or anybody. Is there anybody that you, uh, you've, you've been drafting or been uh, selecting to build your lineups with um, that maybe uh, I, the one I talked about with uh, Theo was Isaiah Pacheco and maybe some James Cook. Do you have any interest in any guys deeper down like that? Uh, so I, yeah, I actually like, so it, it's, you know, contrarian, but I also like, uh, like the Bills running game. So I'm, because yeah. most people are going to lean towards uh, Diggs and Josh Allen, and so I, I'm looking at like Singletary because it's every every playoff you see like a running back just go off like the like the Damian Willard. That's right. And so you you look at and you that's the kind of piece that wins you these overalls where everyone's going to build chalk and go after you know a Diggs and go after you know a Kelsey. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna attack the McKinnons and attack the Singletaries and and I, I'm I'm not just doing it. if I have one lineup I'm probably going to build more chalk. But yeah, because I'm I'm doing a little bit more volume I'm able to to get a little you know creative with these lineups. Um, I also like looking at like double tight end builds and and doing like a, a Dawson Knox and Kelsey team and 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 looking at at different areas that you can try to you know be the one to four percent or one to five percent owned players that are going to pop off and give you a clear edge first to field i like it i like it so that's it that's exactly what i was talking with theo is like you, you damian williams perfect example leonard fournette there's always that one guy that pops up you just got to try and find him and dig deep so i appreciate that I appreciate you hopping on here talking about these few games talking about your san francisco 49ers and my minnesota vikings you can find billy at ff muzio on twitter he'll be on the player profile radio network channel many many more times throughout 2023 billy much appreciated for you coming on here this fine Friday night. I know you got a lot going on. Uh, appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, Brock Purdy's the goat. That's it. <laughs> All right, everybody. I appreciate you guys. This has been Player Profile Today. Very special guests, Alan Soslowski, Theo Graminger, and Billy Muzio. You can find them all over on Twitter at FFMuzio, at the OG Fantasy, and at Alan Soslowski. It has been a fine Friday night. Jack should be back, I think, tomorrow, if not tomorrow, Sunday. It's Super Wild Card Weekend. There's so much to cover. We've, we've, we've literally had five shows today on the Player Profile Radio Network channel talking, I think, every single one of them about Super Wild Card Weekend. So if there's not enough content for you, I don't know what to tell you because there's so much here that I don't know what to do or what to read or what to see. But it has been Player Profile today. I am Cody Carpentier. I appreciate you guys all for staying in, staying tapped in. And I look in the chat here. Robert, I appreciate you. Have a good rest of your night. Blake, Adam, I appreciate you joining the Underworld Army as always. If you haven't already, click that join button in the bottom right. If you're on YouTube on your desktop, Jennifer, appreciate you jumping in here as well. Robert, Adam, everybody, I appreciate you guys all hopping in here on this fine Friday evening. This has been Player Profile Today. I am Cody Carpenter. You can find me on Twitter at Carpenter NFL, and I am out. Have a fantastic weekend. Eat some pizza and some wings. 